thing I'm learning is walking with God is a pretty neat experience. I, I don't... Yeah, it's a neat experience when you're walking with God and He's revealing things to us and showing us things and working in our life and rearranging furniture, if you can say. And just to, it's great to, to be in a place where you see God work. And I want to encourage you this morning, if you don't see very much of what God is doing, He hasn't forgotten you. Your moment is coming because it's, life is full of experiences like that where we discover what God does in and around our life. And sometimes we think the experiences or circumstances we're in just completely negate that how can anything good happen out of that. And so I'm just encouraged this morning to know that, that my life matters and your life matters to God. And I don't say that loosely because for so many years... We can, especially if you grew up in the church, I know many of you here haven't grown up in the church, but when you've grown up in the church, you can all, it almost comes with a culture, church culture. You, you get raised in a certain church culture, and as that culture develops, you realize there's a lot of um, um, sacred things about certain things, and you learn very quickly what's acceptable in that culture and what isn't acceptable in that culture. And then often you find yourself in a situation where you're struggling to fit in certain things. I mean, you do it because you feel it's important because the culture around you in the church, you know, dictates kind of what decisions you make and how you should look and how you should, what you should wear and how you should speak and how you should act and what is important and what isn't. And so for the first you know, a number of months and years, a person, especially if you're in that culture, you feel like you have to fit in. And so you try to fit into that culture. And at first, it seems to work because you get this from everybody, right? It's like, oh man, you're really serious with your commitment to God. It's really great to see that. And you get these affirmations and those affirmations are, they're, they're good because they make you feel well. But the danger with those affirmations is it affirms you are living to a certain standard. And as long as you live to that standard, everything is okay. But what happens when all of a sudden you get tired of performance, you get tired of trying to keep measuring up for everybody's praises, and, and, and it, may not be, it may not even be the praises of everybody, but it's the affirmations and it's the, 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 the things people speak and, and and, and it's so easy to get caught up in that whirlwind, but I'm telling you, that whirlwind starts to burn itself out when you realize it's more and more dependent on your performance and how you perform rather than relationship. And so I think we can come up with that kind of a, a, a mindset, and then we start battling with that mindset, and we start asking questions about what's really important. Does this matter? And all of a sudden, some of our thinking patterns that were developed in that culture starts to get challenged because anytime you try to put a culture in a different context, it doesn't work. And so then what happens is you put the pressure on for others to conform to that same culture. And you make, we end up making the culture biblical when the, the culture was never intended to be biblical. 
And so then we live with these expectations that we put on people, and we live with these ideals that everyone needs to perform, and if they don't, there's a scale of 1 to 10. We may not have the scale 1 to 10, but there's a scale in our minds where we see how committed people are. And sometimes when we don't fit totally in that culture and we start challenging the boundaries of that culture, all of a sudden the, 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 the meter starts changing to, you know, at 10 at first, it was like, they, they, they're just really, really on, and all of a sudden downs to a seven and a six, and then, and then a few other things happen, and the meters start going down, and we start questioning, do they really know God, and do they really, you know, are they really coming along and fitting in, and all of a sudden, the talk instead of affirmation, because performance was here, now the words of condemnation start happening because you're not measuring up, and what happens is guilt starts setting into people like that, and they start feeling it's all about effort and work. And, and so sometimes we can create that culture and we, and we create a false understanding of what a relationship is. Because I don't know about you, but relationship is, is powerful. And the thing that I'm amazed at most in my relationship, and you probably can say the same thing with your relationship, when something is alive, it's always shifting and changing and turning, and, and things are going on, and co- things are coming to adjustment. And when we try to fit in our little boxed culture in those areas, some of it doesn't work. And so then, instead of taking a second look to see if our culture is correct, we then deem it wrong and we have to stay away from it because it doesn't fit into our box. And I'm glad um, Jesus was a box exploder. He was a box exploder. I mean, he wasn't this perfect picture of a man with a beard and smile and a long robe and walking around humming songs of angels' tunes. He was a box, he was a box exploder. If you don't believe that, all you do is have to read the New Testament. When Jesus walked this earth, how many times he turned what the culture was not that day completely upside down. In fact, if you really look at why they crucified him, they crucified him not because he was necessarily God manifested in the flesh, but he began to turn every cultured thing upside down in front of them all. Jesus sitting one time, a group of people, and it happened to have been the Sabbath, and the Sabbath in that culture was very important. You couldn't do anything. There were some 600 laws the Jews lived by, and they made up more as they went. That's what happens when you live by performance. What happens is you create a set of boundaries and laws that you fit into your mindset thinking, and any time you, know, you justify yourself based upon that system that you've allowed to work through and be comfortable with, but God explodes those things and he was in the midst of all these people and there was a man there, the Bible talks about, had a shriveled hand. And Jesus was always full of compassion and always wanted to reach out and help. There's never anyone that, 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 he, that didn't want help, never received help. And so Jesus was sitting there in front of them and there was a lot of religious leaders and a lot of cultured, let's say cultured Christians around him and had a system and had an understanding of how things worked. And Jesus just simply looked at that man and said, stretch forth your hand. And he did. And the hand was whole. You would think that would be worth celebrating because, man, a miracle just happened. The guy was shriveled and it was all messed up. And Jesus just simply said, stretch out your hand, and it was made whole. You would think that in a room like that, it would be like, wow. You just, God just restored his hand, but instead, the, 
The church culture kept in and said, but you did this on the Sabbath. How can, if you were truly, if you were truly a man after God's own heart, you would not do it on the Sabbath. You see, culture had blinded the fact that God supersedes culture. He supersedes our boxes. He supersedes our belief system and what we think is safe and what we think is important. He blew those doors apart and healed someone. But it was a Sabbath. You want to tick religious people off, you just, you just do something outside their bubble and you will hear it very, very quickly. Very quickly. Many times Jesus did things that caused constant upheaval, constant turns around, and people are like, what is he doing? He's doing it again. Never mind, never mind the miracle that just happened. Never mind the life that was transformed and changed. But that's how powerful our religious culture can be when we're sucked in and bonded and bracketed in there, things happening outside the realm we reject because it doesn't fit in with our system. Jesus exploded those systems, and I think that's one of the things that attracted me very much to him because I seen wherever he went, he just burst those bubbles. He burst those bubbles because he was always after the heart. What's my point? The point is, last week we talked about the necessity and the importance of relationship and how Solomon now came into power and David had passed away and gave the, the, the whole uh, the throne to his son Solomon. And Solomon had a dream to build this vast temple where, where they could go and worship. And it was David's dream, but Solomon was the one that was going to build it. And he built it to extreme... Um, out-of-this-world concept. He thought, I'm going to build it this way, and I'm going to triple it and quadruple it, and I'm going to make it so spectacular. And so that's how Solomon was thinking, because we have to understand that um, temple was very synonymous for the Jewish people. It defined them who they were. They were the, the, the temple really defined who they were as a nation because the temple was symbolic for God's presence and so, so much of their life was built on the principle that God's present with us. But what they failed to recognize that throughout history, that principle of God with us became a religious duty and a bunch of rules and regulations that they missed the most important part of it. And that was relationship because God knows in relationship, things always shift and turn and grow and expand and get bigger. When something's a system, it stays within its borders and God can't be conformed to borders. And so relationship is something that's alive and always changing. That's why your experience can be different than my experience because that's the uniqueness of relationship. It's not all the same. God meets me a certain way and he may not meet you that way and if I'm in a box, I'm thinking, well, then that can't be God because God does it this way. You see, God bursts those bubbles because God knows us personally and intimately and he knows what our makeup is and how it needs to work in order for us to get things. So there's lessons that I can learn a certain way that lessons you will learn differently and I can look at it and go... How obvious is that? But yet it's different for you. And so we need to celebrate each other's relationship and journey with God rather than put parameters in what that looks like. Am I making any sense here? 
So Solomon, he decides this is his goal. He wants to build this temple. And we talked about a little bit of what's, what's most important and what most important is relationship. And I want to illustrate something here that's going to really stick to our minds, I believe, when we get to it. But there's a part in, in 1 Kings chapter 6 that I wanted to highlight because I was going to do it last week and I realized I didn't do it. So, and it's okay because I want to highlight this week because... In the midst of the grandeur, and I used the word grandeur because it's off the scales that this temple that Solomon was going to build, it was something that they would never have even seen for centuries. And, and still they look at something like that and the, the magnitude that went into, because Solomon's heart was right. He wanted to, to do it and do it well. And, and in the midst of all this, I talked about how there was hundreds of thousands of workers for seven years to build this temple and all the gold and precious stones and all those things that were going into this thing. It's easy to get lost. It's easy in life to get lost in the system and often forget why we're doing it. And so... It's interesting, God met Solomon in, in 1 Kings chapter 6, and there's three verses that I want to read, and I have them there for you when we read them. Three verses in it, but it, it's almost like God stops Solomon in the midst of this, of, of this celebration and this excitement and this, as a nation, this would have been something was just like, this is incredible. Everybody was in it. Everybody knew someone involved in it. And they were excited to see this thing develop and grow. And in the midst of all this excitement and all this, this spotlights, if I can use the word, all this attention and excitement and, 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 and working and effort, and God meets Solomon right in the middle of it. And, and, he, and he says something that I think I want to springboard off of here. He says in 1 Kings chapter 6 and verse 11, he says, then the Lord gave this message to Solomon. Now keep in mind, this is in the middle of it all. Nothing's done yet. There's just harder work at it. Then the Lord came and gave this message to Solomon concerning the temple you are building. If you keep all my decrees and regulations and obey all my commandments, I will fulfill through you the promise that I made to your father David. And I will live among you and the Israelites. And you will, I will never abandon my people Israel. Now when you first read that, it bothers me a little bit. Can I use that word bother? Because when we read that, when I read that, just like that, it's almost like God is saying to Solomon, this is all great and wonderful. But one thing I want from you. I want you to perform at your utmost best. That's what I read here. Because listen to what I say here. Concerning this temple you're building. If you keep my decrees and my regulations and obey all my commandments, I will fulfill through you the promise I made to your father David, and I will live among the Israelites, and I will never abandon my people Israel. When you read that, it's almost like if, if he doesn't do any of those things, God's going to take off. If you don't perform, it, it, it almost like if you don't fit into this culture box, it's not going to work. But what encourages me here is this church. We're in an Old Testament covenant right now in Kings. 
Jesus right now hasn't come. And when you read this, you have to read it with the understanding that there's something greater coming. So when I read this, I don't see Solomon, you have to perform. What I read here, Solomon, the greatest thing that I desire from you in the midst of all this grandeur and awesomeness is I want relationship with you. I want relationship with you. I want you and I to be close. I want you and I to have something unique. I I want us to interact. I want us to be together. Because God knew the thing that he longed for the most was relationship. That's why he created us. He created us for relationship. And you see what the Old Testament could not accomplish. Jesus came and fulfilled it all. No more was there requirements of fulfilling and doing this and doing that. Now it's living the reality of what we are and what we've been given. Relationship is so important. And God was telling Solomon, the thing that I want most is I want to make sure you and I, you and I are in relationship. All this stuff is wonderful, but this is what I want. I want relationship. When Jesus Christ came and fulfilled the Old Testament, he fulfilled it. He completed it. What was lacking no longer lacks anymore. The relationship now can go at far greater levels than ever before. Our relationship now can take on a dynamic that it couldn't before because Jesus knew the Old Testament was limited in what it could do because Jesus had to come. And when he came, he restored. Listen to this church. He restored everything that was lost. Everything that wasn't quite making it, he restored it to make it. I ran races, and I'm sure you have examples of your life where you've tried hard at something, and it just seemed like it didn't happen, it didn't work, and you got discouraged. I want to tell you that God meets us at that place of discouragement, and he not only gives us enough from the start to the finish, but he's making sure that we thrive over the line. He makes sure of that. One of the things I want to leave you here this morning in the next 20 minutes is to, re, is, to re, is to bring the reality of how valuable you are and how full of purpose every one of you are, regardless of the boxes that people put you in. I just say pop that bubble because your life is unique. Your life is so magnificent that we can't put boxes around you. We can't give you Christianese. We have to give you freedom to develop your relationship with God. And how that looks and takes off is exciting because I'm telling you the fruit of a person walking with God is incredible. And we want to free you to be who God's created you to be. You don't have to come to this church and fit into our bubble. If there's a bubble, we want to burst it because life is far more important than us filling us coming into a little system where we're all see and think and do the same. So I challenge you last week, you need to have a relationship with people outside your thinking, outside your comfort zone, because those things are wise and important. I've had the privilege to share with a number of people this week to see what God's doing in their life and how they're working through struggles and situations and how God has been showing up in their life. And and it's not about their performance, it's about ready what's inside of them. I I bought a deck of cards and I don't know that much about cards because my gambling um, is a joke. And I've realized real soon that I don't have the gift to get money through other means than working. 
And uh, I noticed that there's 52 cards in a deck of cards, 52 cards. This one has 52 plus two jokers plus two uh, cards of just information or advertising businesses. So there's 54, 55, 56 cards. I bought 11 decks. And, uh, and uh, here, Tyler, catch one deck there. Uh, Mike, Mike, watch your heads, everybody. Oh, way off. <laughs> way off. Who else down here would like a deck here? That's a really good illustration. John, you want one? You can have one, too. There you go. I, I have, I have uh, uh, three more here. I'm just going to give away one more. This is a really good illustration. I'm going to see if I can go all the way to... Barry. No, that's to his daughter. That's why I never tried out for baseball or a quarterback in football. My aim is not right, but when I shoot, man, I'm deadly accurate, just so you know that. <laughs> deadly accurate. It's a matter of priority, I think, than anything, but... So 50, what did I say, 56 cards with everything not taken out. Let me describe to you uh, Christian culture. It's the best I can, Okay. So we're in relationship with Jesus, and we realize, man alive, he saved me, and he's given me everything, everything in life and godliness. And now the relationship act aspect is to discover everything we've been given. Yeah. That's, that's, the, that, that's life. And so when I'm new at this relationship thing, when I discover God and how how he values me and I want to serve him and just want to pursue this relationship with him. And, and, and I get this deck, let's say, okay, just for simple, simple, sim, sim, simplicity. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Yes, simplicity. I know it doesn't make sense, but just use your brain for a little bit and just say, this deck contains everything you've been given. This is your life, your new life as you serve Jesus. Everything there. What happens oftentimes is we get into this bubble and, and, and everybody walks around with things that they've discovered they had. So everybody puts in their pocket the new things they've learned and discovered, right? And they walk around with that. And then the next person looks at that and goes, oh boy, you know so much about the Bible and you pray so well and man, you've got verses and man, you're you know, you, you don't do this and you don't do that. It's like it's wonderful. And each time as we grow, we discover what we have. Because I think all of us here would admit that when we first enter into a relationship, we don't know very much about that relationship. But whatever we learn is like, woo, wow. It's like, this is cool. I remember first dating my wife. I didn't know her very well, but I sure wanted to. And every day and every time I hung up with her, there was something new that wowed me. And then I got married and realized those wows were very short-lived. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just making sure I have your attention. That's all. Come on. Work with me here, okay? Work with me. No emails and no... Okay, come on. Okay. So, so we develop and we learn and we get together with other people and, and we compare what we're learning and we encourage each other and we go, man, you got a king and an ace and a heart two and a three heart four. I mean, it's wonderful. And you walk around excited before your new discovery. And, and, and it changes your life because every time you work through stuff, you see yet new added things. And you, then you hang out with some other people and, and then you, you, get, you realize you have a few more cards. And, you know, your deck just grows. But the reality, it's all yours. 
You have it all, but you're discovering that. And so that's what we do. And, and sometimes then we get quite religious and then we start, we start parading what we have. We start parading. Let me ask you a question. Everyone has a deck of cards. Do you have a king of diamonds and a jack of spades? Take it out and lift it out. I need to know. You see, this is my discovery. A jack of spades and a king of diamonds. You have it there. Who else has it? You have it too? You have it too? I can't get in my box. That's where someone comes alongside and opens it up for you to say, hey, listen, what do you have? Who else? Who else? Yes. Who else? You have it too? You got to be kidding me, really. And, and you? Here. Someone else. Someone else want a card, box of cards? Here. See if you have it too. See if you have it too. See if you have it too. I'm making a point here. I, I'm... So, so you have it? You have it? Oh, and you, and you, one, two, three, four, five, six. Barry, do you have it? What's that? Yeah. Barry even has it. Wow. Well, I thought I had it. I thought I had it. But you know what? That's what a relationship is. When God restores you, he gives you everything. I don't have one up on you. Okay, let's play this game a little longer. But I have, ooh, this is, I don't know if you guys have this. I don't know if you do. I don't because this is a special card. Ace of diamonds. Ace of diamonds. I'm learning and growing. I'm becoming very aware of what God's given me. Ace of diamonds. You have, you, you, you. There's another ace of diamonds. Another ace. What in the world? Ace of diamonds? Come on. I thought I was the only one. Another one. Another one. You have it too? What about the six and five of hearts? Hmm? This is another thing that I've learned. Hmm? Oh, there, there. There, there, oh. What, which one do you have? Six of spades. Well, well, just so you think you're better than anyone else. Oh, bing. I have a two. I have a two. And you know what? Every one of you that has a card has it. Nobody is one up on the next person. All of us are in a relationship with God in some context or form. And our life is learning and discovering what all we've been given. No room to flaunt. No room to spiritualize things. No, oh, look at this, look at this. I am a pastor. There, there, 
there. But you know what? You have it too. You are not in lack, church. No matter where you're at in your relationship with God, you have seasoned people around you that have known all these things. They can flash their cards, but you have it too. You have it too. Why? Because you're important. God doesn't give us what we need because we've earned the value. We haven't proven ourselves. He gives it to us even beyond we've ever proved ourselves. He just says, here, this is the new you. And we get the privilege of learning and growing. I can throw this deck of cards too. You can find that there too. I mean, they're only a dollar twenty-five a dollar tree. The point is, no matter what card you have, all of you have it. And I want to leave you with this message this morning that none of you in lack. You might receive miracles. There might be things happening in your life. There might be breakthrough. And you may not receive that and you're not having it. Your day is coming because you are fully, the cards are always Decked in your favor. It's always stacked in your favor. But if we don't know it and we don't understand it, we live below what we could live. We let people flaunt around their cards as if they were the one of a trophy. But you go back in your room and you spend time with God and he begins to reveal, you have it too. You have it too. I don't care. You can quote 300 verses. I've had people in my life that could quote 300 verses and, and have all these standards, all these things. And... All these things that define their godly character. And yet, and yet, they're the same as everyone else. They're only in relationship because of one reason. God gave them their full deck. He's given you your full deck. That's why relationship is important. That's why Solomon... That's why God said to Solomon, listen, concerning this temple, I, I don't want you to miss this psalm because this, in this grandeur, in this wonderful stuff, in all this great, I don't know how to describe magnificentness. Hey, let me tell you, you're playing with a full deck of cards. And that's what's most important to me, is relationship. So I want to encourage you this morning, uh, develop your relationship. If there's people in your life that are constantly showing you their cards, just be nice and smile. Go back home and dig out your cards and say, you know what? They don't have one up on me at all. From the brand new person to ever see God or in relationship with God, he is just or she is just as fully decked out as someone that's been a part of the faith for generation and generation. We need to start opening up our hearts and start opening up our minds and opening up our belief system to allow people to walk through process and invest in them revealing what God has given them because I'm telling you, God is not about striking names. He's not about pointing out wrong and dealing with faults. He's about exposing who we really are and he's committed to walking us through and no matter what we face, no matter what we go through, the reality is there's enough inside of me to get me not only through, but to thrive and rise above and enjoy what's coming next. Does that make sense?